Hi, everybody. Welcome to my podcast, Pensions and Investments, where my guests and I will bring you up-to-date information on pension funds, securities class action litigation, and all matters related to your investment portfolio and shareholder recoveries. I am a Tara Torsky, securities class action attorney in New York City. And I'm here today speaking with Catherine Solman. Catherine is founder of a movement working with professional women to help navigate their many roles as moms, caregivers, and career women. She is the author of Ambition Redefined, Why the Corner Offices Don't Work for Every Woman and What to Do Instead. Catherine and her views have been featured in national publications, including the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. Catherine, I am so happy to have you here today. How are you? I'm great. I'm glad to be here. Oh, well, thank you. So, Catherine, you know, my podcast, as you know, is really geared toward institutional investors and their investment portfolios. And I really think that, you know, on the face of it, some might be asking, like, really, what's the connection? (laughs) But I actually think that you have a real role in this conversation because so many women are leaders in this world of investments and law and the public sector, the private sector. And I read what you wrote recently in the New York Times about women and, and the roles that we're all trying to juggle. And it really, it resonated with me personally because I feel that I wear so many hats. And I, I think that's true of so many women, right? So I, w- I want to jump in. I want you to tell it from your end. You know, what is this really about for you, this, this many juggling and this heroism, quote unquote, that women are supposed to have? I, I love this idea that, you, that you've started. So tell me about it. Well, first of all, I want to tell you that I have a background in the pension world as well. I worked for many years at Institutional Investor and also wrote books with the founder of the 401k, Ted Benna. So I I have that investment mindset as well. And one of the things that I think is missing from the investment message for for women, you know, whether it is institutional or or personal, is that, you know, the idea of that you are working for long-term financial security. And I mean, women who work in the investment world are more aware of that but there still are plenty of women in the investment world who leave, you know, especially, you know, the Wall Street firms because there is still not the flexibility that they need. Now, obviously, it is getting better, it has gotten better, but honestly, there most, you know, in the investment world, that's one of the strongholds where women are really afraid to talk about the fact that they have these four jobs because you know the minute that they show any sign uh, that they may be faltering there are you know 16 more women who would take their place so really what my goal with all of my work with writing my book with starting uh, what i call the four jobs club is to really put a spotlight on the fact that women have these four jobs. They cannot just go to work and have tunnel vision. Most men do. They can turn their brains off while they're at work and they're not thinking about, you know, the six projects that their kids have to have or whether they're supposed to bring cupcakes or if the doctor's appointments are made or if their mother is not feeling well and needs, you know, help and, you know, and the 16 things that you have to do 
in the house. I don't mean to interrupt, but do you think men are actually just wired differently that way? I do. I, I, I really do. I mean, I mean, not to be silly, but we're sleeping, my husband and I are sleeping in a different bedroom where uh, while we have a lot of house renovations going on, the bedroom happens to be closer to where the dog sleeps. And the dog knows that and has been waking me up in the middle of the night to go out or waking me up really early to, to feed her. And my husband said to me the other day, he's like, I, I don't get it. I, I never hear her. <laughs> and he I said, it must be like that mother thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> and, it, and it is, I think that, you know, men, men are wired differently And I mean, and that's why there's a lot of inequity in, in households. Yes, no, it's true. And it's interesting that you say, you know, your background is in the investment investment worlds. I think this is a problem or an issue. I'm going to say, let's not call it a problem. Let's call it something, an issue that we can, you know, solve and, and you're working toward there to solve it really in a lot of what we would think of as traditionally male dominated areas. And I think investment is, of course, there's many more women in this field, but it still feels, and I've spoken with so many women in this field, it still feels like a boys club. And I think because of that, there is still, that pressure for women to be focused on only that role. And you call it the four jobs role and the four jobs club that we really have. So tell me a little bit about what those jobs are. Just enumerate that for all of us. Well, it's, it's your paid job. And then you have your children, which is job number two. And then there is aging parents, which doesn't, you know, happen for everybody earlier in their career. And then there are households. So there are, there are four things that are pulling at women every day. And the, the interesting thing is that when you, when you think about the women who are working in the investment world on Wall Street or wherever, they, they are not telling their boss about the stress that they're feeling. They're certainly not telling HR and they're not telling other women because they, again, they don't want to falter or, or appear weak. And so the silly impression is that everything's fine. And what I know as a career coach is that everything is not fine. Women come to me all the time. Like I'll give you an example, a woman who went to Harvard uh, undergrad and business school, was a really high flyer at a Fortune 50 company. And she was, you know, by all observations, people thought she was just flying higher and higher toward the top. She had, she was in her early 40s. She had two young children and she needed to go to Europe for a week out of every month. And she was sitting on the tarmac, you know, getting ready to go to Europe one day. And she said, what am I doing? She said, I I never see my kids and I really don't need this job to validate who I am or that I'm ambitious. And so she was coming to me because she wanted to talk through what else she could do you know, what else would feed that 
type A personality, that, that drive that she had, and would be respected by her peers. And that was very important to her because she, she did not want to appear weak. But interestingly, she left that big job and she started her own consulting practice. And that's largely because all of her colleagues just thought everything was okay. Nobody ever asked her. No, you know, she was never given the opportunity to talk about it and to voice, you know, concerns that she had. And they obviously, if they'd had that conversation, she and they and they had figured out ways that she could possibly have maybe dialed it back just a little bit while her kids were really little without losing respect or or you know maybe you know some kind of lateral move where she was learning something new and it was still really essential and and interesting they would not have lost her she did not hate her job you know despite the fact that she had to go to Europe once a month she didn't hate it she liked it but you know, with women, no matter how ambitious you are, you've got those four jobs. And it's, it's really a very small percentage of women who can turn their heads off like men do. And it's, you know, it's usually like a Sheryl Sandberg who, you know, has enormous wealth and has hot and cold running help and, you know, tutors and, and everything else. And just, or maybe a stay at home dad. Yeah. And, and that, and actually there've been studies done. There are a lot of women who are at very senior levels who have husbands who stay at home or who were also hard drivers, but for, for whatever reason said, you know, Okay, I mean, I know a, a woman who was a CEO on Wall Street who told me that she that her husband, who also you know worked in the investment world, when she got her big job, he said, "I'll step back a little bit, you know, so that you can have this." It's just, it just makes common sense. It's very hard for two parents to be that hard driving. When you have when you have kids, unless you're just going to like delegate everything to everybody. But you know what? You can't delegate. I always say this because I am the mother of three children who I find like at varying ages they are and, and they all need you. The younger ones need you. The older ones need you. They all need you. And you can't delegate that. You know, you can have your nanny take them to ballet class, <laughs> but there's no replication, right, for the listening and, and the talking. You know, it's interesting because of the pandemic. I'll just share something a little personal. I've been working more at home because I had to, I, I drive and pick my children up from, from school. So in the morning and the afternoon. And I have to say, on one level, it's kind of annoying, right? Like in middle, of, you know, 3.30, like I can't schedule any meetings then. And sometimes I'm on a conference call and I'll, you know, be like, oh my goodness, they're going to come in the car screaming, mommy, hi. And so I always have to like hold up my finger, no talking. <laughs> sometimes it can, it can get difficult. But then on the other hand, I said to my husband the other day, he's like, well, next year, do you think you want to put them on the bus? Cause there'll be a bus service next year. And I said, you know, I think I do, but there's a real big part of me that will miss that because what you get from your child when they come into your car right after school, you do not get at any other time. 
Oh, you, totally. You do not okay. get it. Like yeah. the, the wealth of information, the outpouring of emotion, the, the talking about their day, it, it can't be replicated any other time. I mean, of course you, you try other times, dinner time, bedtime, but there's something about that moment when they, when they just come home and they're flush with stories. So there are things that just can't be delegated. And I, and I think that's such a struggle. And I, I, I love what you wrote in the times you wrote something. Tell me if I'm quoting it somewhat correctly about, you know, like putting women on pedestals. It's really not like the ideal woman who's like superwoman doing this one amazing thing and discovering the cure for cancer, right? It's really all of us doing ordinary, but amazing things. Am I, am I saying that someone, right? That's exactly what I'm saying. You know, I, I think that, you know, we're all being influenced by what I call the power sisterhood and this idea that, you know, we all have to want to be Kamala Harris and be, you know, the, the first vice president, the first president. And, you know, hey, I, I think it's great that she's there. And I think there should be a woman president. But, but the, you know, the idea that, you know, 99.9% of women are champing at the bit to have her job, which by the way, she's in without children. I mean, she has stepchildren. It, that's, that's crazy. There, there are very few women who want those 24 seven jobs. And it's not because they're not ambitious. It's not because they don't have the talent or the grit or, you know, whatever it takes. It's just because they have these four jobs and it's unrealistic to think that, you know, unless you're, you're willing to delegate out, you know, most of your caregiving and the household responsibilities, which, you know, most of us would delegate those out, but <laughs> you, you have, have to delegate have the, all of those, right? <laughs> yeah. But you have to have the funds for that too. So it's just, it's just a misnomer, you know, and that's why I wrote the, wrote the book. And so, you know, I'm, what I'm trying to say is let's, let's, you know, acknowledge that women have these four jobs finally, which by the way, it finally happened. I mean, with the pandemic, suddenly everyone's like, oh wow, women have a lot on their plate. Right. And you know, they had like a fifth job when they had to do remote learning uh, with their with their kids, right? So, but you know, what I say is it, this is nothing new. I mean, there are like 80 articles a day about, you know, what, what women are faced with. And I think to myself, well, what, what are you talking about? This is, this was way before the pandemic. And yes, the, this, the homeschooling made it worse, but it's not something new. And, you know, a third of women every single year for time eternity have been leaving the workforce because they couldn't make it work. And now, you know, that third is still leaving and, you know, maybe, maybe a little more, but, and, and, you know, really what I want the articles to be written about and what I try to do and why I started the four jobs club is, is, you know, what about the solutions? You know, that's what I want to know. You know, let's stop talking about the problems. We know it's there. But what, what are the solutions? So, you know, what can, what can companies do to help women? You know, and suddenly during the pandemic, 
there were solutions, not across the board and not enough solutions, but things started happening. You know, they had backup childcare at a lot of companies. They were helping people with, you know, getting care for aging parents. They, you know, they were creating more flexibility. They were doing something that I've talked about forever, which is, you know, creating core hours because, you know, the, these Zoom calls are all day and the mothers were having, you know, their children home. And so they needed to give them lunch. And so, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to say, well, you know what, maybe we shouldn't have a Zoom call during the lunch hour. Right, at 12 noon, right? <laughs> right. But you know what's interesting to me, Catherine, what I found is that it suddenly became more acceptable for me to say, you know, 12 o'clock is lunchtime in my house uh, for my kids, so I'm not available then. Whereas pre-pandemic, I, I just don't think I could have said that and gotten away with it. Right. The pandemic suddenly put this big spotlight on all the responsibilities that women have, but they were always there. It's just that, you know, when you add, it was the straw that broke the, the camel's back. When you added the, the homeschooling and the fact that, you know, babysitters weren't coming in, you know, people's homes as much because of, you know, fears about the virus, then it was just, it, it intensified to such a point that women could no longer be silent. You know, they, they started talking about it more among themselves and with their bosses and, you know, bosses could sense that there was, you know, way more stress. And of course, I mean, just, just the, the simple thing that they heard it in the background. Right, exactly. I mean, <laughs> there's I no my, denying that, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I spent my entire life doing what you did in the car with shh, 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 you know. And now it's like, I mean, even in my husband's calls, and he's you know talking to CEOs, and you can hear dogs in the background and people saying, "Daddy, daddy," you know. So now we're now it's you know we normalize on it. Yeah. And I guess the point is that it should be because we're living in this world where we're pulled in multiple directions as women. And I think that needs to be acknowledged. I guess I'm so curious what your thoughts on, I service a lot of, you know, public employees, right? So teachers, firefighters, police officers. What about those people who maybe don't have the ability, right, to work at home, to delegate because they can't always afford, like you said, good help. So what do we tell the people who like physically have to be somewhere else? How can we make something practical for them? Well, again, I mean, I think it's, it's up to the employers. They really have to think about, I mean, how are they going to help with, with childcare and with, with elder care, you know, I, I don't know that there will be a lot done that will, you know, help women with, you know, making dinner and doing the laundry, but, but childcare is the huge issue. And, and so I mean, companies can do a lot there and, and also companies can realize that there have been you know, somewhat fueled by the pandemic, but even before the pandemic, there have been some great innovations in, in childcare, 
where you know there are, are the pods you know like they're having learning pods there there are lots of um, companies that help you create groups of of child care you know where like mothers support, may like rotating yeah, support yeah right? where mothers may share and you know and employers can work with scheduling so that you know maybe you do four long days and you get one day off and then on your day off you're you're the mother in charge of the of the babysitting pod and i mean it's just it none of this is rocket science but it does take some willingness on the part of employers to think outside the box and to realize that for example with childcare that it's not only that you go to a childcare facility or you have you know one nanny or babysitter come into your house there are so many things i mean there are even things for people who are working at are able to work at home there's so much online now, which is fascinating, you know, for older, for older kids. And I'm not saying necessarily 16 year olds. I'm saying, you know, maybe beyond the toddler, but even at the toddler level, there are, there are babysitting that that's online there. Well, you could do like arts and craft projects yes. with kids online. Right. Right. I've seen that. And there's amazing. tutoring, you know, all kinds of tutoring and it doesn't, I'm not saying that all these things are going to work for everybody, but but there are so many really smart people trying to figure out the education and the childcare right now, and you have to be really aware of what's going on. I have on my site a, a list of companies that are doing really amazing things in this childcare and an education space. And it just broadens your mind. It just makes you think, you know, there are other possibilities. And if we do it as, as mothers, and then we make our employers aware, and, and even the, the traditional childcare companies are figuring out ways to be non-traditional. So, you know, making your, your employer aware that these things are happening for those people who have to leave the house, it, it, you know, it, it opens up a lot of doors. Yeah, no, I, I think that's right. I think it's also, you know, the conversations are being had now, and I don't think they were, you know, a year and a half ago, quite in the same way, quite as much openness and as willingness, like you said, on the part of employers to help make a difference. And I think that that's really, I guess, always the first step, right? You know, is communicating, right? I tell that to my kids, if there's a problem, let's communicate. And I think that's true with employers and employees as well. If there's something that needs to be solved. The first step to solving it is really to communicate. And I think you're certainly a voice out there. So I thank you and appreciate you speaking about this, about really how we can help navigate our many roles, do them well, and feel like we're heroes in our own world, because that's what we want to be. For our families and ourselves. Right. It's really, it's really focusing on the fact that everyday women have had all kinds of, of successes and, and we just have to reorient, you know, what does it mean to be successful and ambitious? It's really different for everybody. That's so true. That's very well said. I, I think that's true. And I think, I think that's actually so poignant. One woman's definition of ambition is not the same to the next one. Right. 
Well, tell my audience, where can they find your website and more information? Because I think everyone's going to want to know more about you. Uh, well, you can go to katherinesolman.com and, and then uh, the four jobs club is, is listed on there. And that's a, that's a great, a great opportunity to band together with other everyday women who are, you know, trying to find strategies and solutions. And, you know, we're, we're just in a safe space, you know, talking about, I'm going to join that. I love that. And then my book um, is, is great because it really opens your eyes to the fact that, you know, the traditional full-time job is not your only option. And there's just so much. Let's think differently. Well, thank you again, Catherine, so much for coming on and talking to us. And I'm sure my audience, my clients are going to really like what you have to say and want to read more. So I really appreciate it and have a great rest of your day. Oh, you too. Thanks so much for having me.